This time next year. Written and read by Liz Hines. 2nd of July, Wednesday. The sky, which according to last night's forecast should be clear blue, has distinct large white patches. Still, white isn't bad, it's not black or even grey. And it's only Wednesday. Plenty of time for those clouds to clear before Sunday. 3rd of July, Thursday. I am becoming obsessed with the sky. I wonder if the weathermen ever look out of their windows when they dream up their forecasts. There is more cloud than sky visible now, but it's still white, or whitish at least. There's very little grey amongst it, and it is warm. I think I'd better start cleaning tonight. I only need to especially clean the bits that will be seen, i.e. kitchen hall and downstairs toilet. I must remember to remind people that the downstairs toilet door sticks when locked from the inside. I should probably look in yellow pages for an odd job man. That is, if they exist these days. They probably call themselves home maintenance and charge £50 an hour just for coming to look. The door probably just needs oiling anyway. I'll do it myself. Getting cleaning out of the way is a good idea, as it will leave me all Saturday to shop and prepare. Perhaps I should do the upstairs toilet as well in case of emergencies. And I must remind Adam to keep his bedroom door tightly closed. Later. I am of the opinion that toilet cleaning should be a compulsory part of the national curriculum. I am self-taught, and while I am fairly confident that my ministrations result in a germ-free toilet, I would prefer to have fewer bleach-stained clothes. Two jumpers and three pairs of trousers destroyed in 23 years of marriage. Although that might be a good average. I don't have a standard to compare against. Perhaps I should write a book, Things Mrs Beaton Didn't Mention. And I've squeezed oil into the keyhole of the downstairs toilet door. Most of it seemed to come out the other side, but it must have done some good. I won't test it yet. I'll wait until Adam is here to let me out should it fail. 4th of July, Independence Day. I wish I were independent of the weather. The sky, which earlier in the week promised so much, is now turbulent grey. Muriel says thunder is on the way. She knows because her cat has gone in the cupboard under the stairs and won't come out. That is a sure sign, she says. Mr Davis Senior came in when we were talking. He agreed. His left calf is twitching, and it always does that before a storm. Look, he said. He pulled up his trouser leg, and sure enough, his calf was twitching. What are you doing, father? Young Mr Davis had snuck back in from lunch when we were engrossed in watching the spasmic muscle. Well, just showing the ladies my leg. Oh. Young Mr Davis turned and went into his office. I worry about him, you know, Mr Davis Senior said, looking after his son and sighing. He can't cope with too much stress. I don't think I am built for stress either. In 48 hours, the barbecue is due to start. If there is going to be a storm, it needs to happen tonight, so everything will dry up before Sunday. Later. Trisha rang. Everything all right, Alison? Barbecue is still on for Sunday? Yes, everything's fine. Oh, you haven't seen the weather forecast then? Not since last week, no. Why? <sighs> Tonight's forecast for Sunday doesn't seem to be awfully good. 
Oh, I don't believe weather forecasts. They're always wrong. 5th of July, Saturday, first thing. The storm didn't materialise overnight. Clouds are still hovering round, but look as if they might be thinning out. Just a bit. I'll make a list of things to do to take my mind off it. Eating breakfast. I wish I hadn't made a list. It's far too long. Now I have even more to worry about, like how on earth I'm going to fit in all the things on the list. Chloe and Triboy are here and have said they will help me. And I've asked Adam to get the barbecue out of the shed. Shower is first on my list, followed by a trip to Sainsbury's. If I get the shopping out of the way, I can concentrate on final cleaning touches and food preparation. Lunchtime. I got back from Sainsbury's to find my usual car parking space taken. The closest gap that I would even consider was halfway down the road. I parked, picked up four carrier bags and headed for home. I opened the front door, dumped the bags in the hall and yelled, Somebody come and help me carry stuff in, please. I'm down the road. I went back to the car and unloaded all the shopping onto the pavement. There was no sign of any help coming. I carried another four bags to the house. Hello, would someone come and help me carry the shopping in, please? I was just coming out of the house when the car that had parked in front of our gate pulled out. I ran down the street, leapt in the car and reversed smartly back to the space, which unfortunately looked a lot smaller when viewed from inside the car. I studied the gap. A car driver, male, tooting behind me made me jump. I was about to give up and drive away when I remembered the little motto on my sanitary towel wrapping that morning. During ovulation, a woman's sense of spatial awareness has improved. Parking in small spaces is a doddle. How fortuitous, I thought, as if it were meant to be. Inspired by these heartening words, I was determined to persevere. I finally managed to park, sort of, despite irritable male tooting, of my fourth attempt. I wonder where manufacturers of sanity products get their information from and whether it's possible to sue on the grounds of misinformation. Still, that's what bumpers are for, and I don't think Triboy will notice another tiny bump in his. By now I was sweating, but as I started for the house I remembered the bags of shopping still on the pavement a hundred yards away. I looked down the road in time to see a scruffy dog heading for them. Go away! I screamed. I'm warning you, don't you dare pee on my shopping! I hadn't noticed Mrs Evans and her sister who were in the garden as I ran past. As I returned laden with carrier bags, I heard Mrs Evans say, No wonder youngsters today are like they are. It took me four trips altogether to bring in the shopping. As I was finally closing the door behind me, Chloe came downstairs. Hi, Mum, she yawned. Oh, anything I can do to help? I took a deep breath before replying. Getting dressed might be a good idea. Oh, yeah, OK. I'll just make some toast for us first. I put away the shopping, carefully walking round Chloe in the middle of the kitchen. When she'd finished, if I hadn't known better, I would have sworn that she'd been making breakfast for a troop of starving bodybuilders. There were piles of dirty plates, knives, mugs and spoons everywhere, not to mention jam jars without lids, a cafetiere full of grinds, an open bag of sliced bread, a toaster still plugged in and crumbs over everything but especially the margarine.
I had just finished clearing it away when Adam wandered in and started rummaging in the fridge. What are you looking for? <laughs> we got any bacon? I fancy a bacon sandwich for breakfast. Have you only just got up? Yeah, it's Saturday. Well, have you got to have a bacon sandwich? I've just cleared up after Chloe and I'm trying to get things ready for the party. That's not till tomorrow. I know, but I have to start preparing now. There's a lot to do. I was aware that my voice was getting higher with each word I spoke. OK, calm down. I'll just have cereal. Adam plus cereal equals kitchen littered with dirty bowl, milk bottle, contents spilled generously over work surface, spoon, sugar bowl, grain scattered equally generously over floor, two cereal packets, one now empty, the other dug into to find the free plastic space rocket, and yesterday's sports page from the Guardian bought by Chloe. Tomorrow I'll suggest, no, I'll treat everyone to a big breakfast at Butty's Cafe. Damn, 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 I'd forgotten all about Mum's present. The toe cosy that I ordered from the mail order catalogue was out of stock when I ordered it, but I'd been assured it was still arriving time. I was so busy basking in the unusual situation of having planned ahead and ordered Mum's present in advance that I hadn't given it a second thought. Could I give Mum the flowers I bought to decorate the house tomorrow and say her present has been held up in the post? No, Tricia will have a wonderfully wrapped and beribboned gift. Any excuse from me will sound like what it is. I'm going to have to go to the shops this afternoon and find something else. And it's time I really can't afford. I'll have to ask Chloe to clean the living room and Adam to sort out the barbecue. I can make the desserts this evening. That'll be fine. In bed at last. I am knackered. I think every man and his auntie were in town this afternoon. I queued for half an hour for a parking space, dithered round Marks and Spencers for three hours, and then queued for half an hour to get out of the car park. When I got back, I found the kitchen full of dirty dishes and Adam eating a sandwich. What are you doing? Having a sandwich. I don't worry, I used the old ham, not the stuff you bought for the barbecue. But why are you eating? Uh, I was hungry. But dinner's soon. Good, I said I'm hungry. What's for dinner? Uh, dinner? Um, oh, Takeaway. Did you clean the barbecue? Yeah. Oh, there's a good boy. Thank you. Where's Chloe? In the living room. I found Chloe and Triboy stretched out on the sofa, newspaper spread all over the floor, the television blaring and empty beer cans lying about. Chloe, I asked you to clean in here. I have done. I decided the mess was superficial and that the weather tomorrow would not necessitate us using the living room anyway. Then I checked the barbecue. I can't believe I put it away last year in such a state. I called Adam. Adam, I asked you to clean this. I did. Two Brillo pads, half a bottle of Jif and a broken knife later, the barbecue looked safe to cook on. Adam watched me do it. Don't know why you're fussing, Mum. The heat'll kill any germs. I sent him to the Bombay Brasserie for curry, then checked my to-do list. Bad mistakes are getting to be a habit with me. At nine, I was still hysterically trying to separate egg yolks from whites for Pavlova when Pippa rang. I couldn't help blubbing down the phone to her. Oh, don't worry, Alison. I'll make the desserts for you. You will? 
but you don't have the ingredients. Of course I have. I'll have everything I need. Don't worry. I'll bring them round in the morning with the chairs. Pippa is an angel in disguise. And she will know what I can do with eight broken eggs. 6th of July, Sunday, 7am. I couldn't sleep, so I got up early to make a start on the salads. The sky was downcast, much like me. But I only have to marinate the meat, make the sauces, make the salads, make sure I have enough clean dishes, cutlery glasses, have a final dust-round shower and wash my hair, and I'll be a perfect hostess. I've invited everyone for one o'clock, so I'll call the children at nine so they can shower and take themselves off to Butty's for breakfast. That will give me a clear house to settle myself. Everything is falling into place nicely. I will not panic. Evening. At half past eleven, Pippa arrived with five garden chairs, plus a fabulous crispy white pavlova laden with kiwi fruit and cream, and a crystal bowl brimful of luscious red berries soaked in white wine, with another huge dish of creme fraiche. I burst into tears when I saw her. Alison, what's the matter? I forgot to get rose water. Rose water? What on earth do you need rose water for? The Iranian rice salad. Pippa packed me off to shower while she carried the rice salad, made a dressing for the green salad and rescued the potatoes which were in danger of boiling dry. By the time I reappeared, she'd made the sauce for the spare ribs and was putting them in the oven to bake slowly. Okay, I've got to go now, Alison, as Roger's taking me out for lunch. Oh, thank you so much, Pippa. You're a lifesaver. That's what friends are for. Now, have a glass of wine, calm down and enjoy yourself. They're all family, after all. I couldn't very well tell Pippa that was precisely what was worrying me. At twenty past twelve, there was an ominous noise outside. I couldn't bear to look, so I made Adam peer out to check what it was. It's all right, Mum, it's not thunder. It's only the chair blowing over. Oh, that's all right then. Stand it up, will you, and make sure it's safe. He headed for the front door. Adam, what are you doing? I asked you to sort out the chair. That is what I'm doing, he sighed. So why are you going out the front door? The chair's out the back. No, it's not. What do you mean it's not? Where is it then? In Mr Price's garden. What's it doing there? I was trying to tell you, Mum. It blew over the fence. <laughs>